Welcome to Central Queensland Region's Leading and Learning Podcast. These are informal conversations between leaders about educational issues and initiatives. We share them to inspire and inform you so that you may have a greater influence through your instructional leadership. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land across central Queensland on which we play, learn and work. I respect and honour Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander elders past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander educators listening. I recognise the stories, traditions and living cultures of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples on this land and commit to building a brighter future together. Hi, I'm Trudy Graham, your host for the show. I'm an Assistant Regional Director in Central Queensland based in Rockhampton. And today I am just so excited. I've been waiting for this opportunity for the longest time. (laughs) I'm joined by Professor Linda Graham, who is the Director of the Centre of Inclusive Education at QUT and, of course, Editor of my favourite book at the moment, Inclusive Education for the 21st Century. Welcome to the show, Linda. It's great to have you. Well, it's great to be here, especially after you say something so nice as that. (laughs) And Linda, in our CQ way and and our conversation starter, I'd love to hear, Linda, what's been your biggest surprise in 2022? My biggest surprise in 2022, I think, has been that the year started off worse than 2020 and 2021 and that it's gone so fast. So, yeah, that's been, I keep marvelling at that um, all the time and I'm hoping it's going to change, That, but I, I, somehow I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say something similar, but, look, I have to tell you that um, I'm a, this is a bit of a fangirl moment for me because I do love your book. And so um, I don't know if it's a surprise, but um, my biggest highlight right now is actually getting to chat with you. And um, that's honest and genuine because I'm, I know you're a little bit aware, but I've been involved and diving into your book for n- near on a year now with a group of principals. So it's just amazing to be able to chat with you. Was yours the one I signed when I was up there? Yes, absolutely. And it's my treasured copy now. So anyone that uh, thinks they're going to borrow my copy of Inclusive Education, they now can't. It has my name and your uh, lovely message in the inside cover. And thank you. That's delightful. You are very welcome. Um, I will let you know. uh, You'll be the first to know, I think, that, um, or one of the very few to know that I'm in the process of putting together a second edition, which will be coming out about mid next year. So I will I will make sure you get one of the first copies, and I will I will sign that one too. <laughs> that would be lovely. The whole idea of this episode, Linda, is to talk about the Central Queensland region's leading inclusive education action research project. Yes. I'd love for you to explain what is the CQ Leading Inclusive Education Action Research Project? Um, Okay, so this is a project that we've put together collaboratively with the members of the uh, executive leadership team. Uh, Basically, we're, we're doing this in response to 
Okay, so a whole bunch of work that has been happening in the region, you know, all of the scan and assess type work, which I believe was being led by Kelly Jefferson, who I've known for a while. Kelly, when she was principal of Dacobin State School, was a scholarship principal in the Inclusive Education Masters at QUT. And she quite enjoyed the unit that I was teaching at the time, which was the foundation unit in that Inclusive Education Masters, and for which I wrote that book, or that I edited that book. And I did it because I didn't think that there were books out there that really worked well as a text to basically make inclusion happen. So I thought to myself, well, I'm not happy with what's out there, so I may as well get out there and do what I think needs to happen. And bizarrely, <laughs> it has turned out to be incredibly popular, um, and uh, which I, I did not anticipate. But because it, it is, it's quite a rigorous book. But I think it provides, you know, some practical guidance, uh, much needed moral support, maybe, and a bit of a vision. So I met Kelly through all of that. Kelly moved on um, after her school won the uh, Inclusion Showcase Award. I thought left me and um, and went off to central Queensland. And I thought, that's a long way away. I'm probably never going to get to see Kelly again. Uh, after some time, um, you know, I'd hear from Kelly now and again, uh, saying that, you know, that central Queensland was doing wonderful things and that I really needed to come up there and have a look at what you guys were doing. And, and I was like, yep, that's still a long way away. <laughs> and, um, as you can probably tell, I've never been up there before, except for, you know, December. So anyway, eventually uh, we received a request uh, to quote for a, and, and to put together basically a project that was aimed at, I guess, meeting or addressing the issues that principals themselves had raised um, through the work that Kelly had been doing in all of the, the scan and assess. The upshot of that was that principals were signalling that they didn't feel that they had enough knowledge about inclusive education and that their staff lacked knowledge uh, and capacity in inclusive education. And when you don't have knowledge and capacity, you don't feel confident. So leading reform can be really difficult. And, and how, how would we be able to enhance that knowledge and, and give them not just the vision, but also, I guess, the, the moral grounding and the empirical grounding to be able to say, this is the right thing to do. I'm doing this because... We basically put an idea together and then we worked with the ELT in the region um, because we needed to learn more about your region, um, given that we hadn't been there. Well, one of us hadn't been there before. Uh, the two others had. So the other two people on the project are Associate Professor Teresa Burke. And once upon a time, she was a teacher in Rockhampton and those, you know, that area. So she's very familiar, even though she's Northern Irish. And the other person on the team is Hayley Tancredi. She's one of my PhD students. She's an educational speech pathologist 
and she has worked uh, in that region as well. So anyway, we've put together the project and essentially what it is, is we want to be able to work with principals to provide them with access to, I guess, all of the knowledge that they will need to be able to lead systemic inclusive school reform in their region with confidence. And we'll be doing that by providing a program of learning for principals to engage in. Because I've had scholarship principals in my own you know, master's units and so on, I understand how difficult it is to be a principal and to do anything else. <laughs> Um, so we've devised basically a program that's going to begin with one-day workshops that will be held in Gladstone, Mackay, Rockhampton and Emerald. Not only am I going to get to see some parts of central Queensland, but lots of it. And we will we'll do that sort of initial learning with them, but then we're going to provide them with kind of what we call modules, two modules. The first one will be focused on kind of the fundamentals of inclusive education. And then the second one is really about leadership. But it's going to cross that bridge between theories of leadership and, you know, just general leadership, but also how how that needs to work for inclusive education. And where we want to kind of finish up is really focusing on instructional leadership. From what I've done with principals in the masters, I've found that that's the area they need to know about, but they have expressed to me the least confidence in. So really we wanna try and get to that point. Really just providing them with the knowledge and the support you know, from us, but also from each other, so that we have a kind of cohort model that's happening. Yeah. Wow. There's so much you hit on in there that just resonated with me, Linda, I have to say. But I'm just curious around why the region asked you. Oh, that's a really good question. I think because I have been sort of doing a lot more in this space in recent years, which was a bit of a change for me, I guess, in that, you know, I've often explained that, you know, in inclusive education, there's kind of two angles. One, you know, where there's the focus on including, but if you do that only, that's a bit problematic because there's also exclusion. So there's like two sides of the coin. And my work has traditionally been on the exclusion side, and it still is in a lot of ways. So listeners might be familiar with a lot of the recent media and our recent research about suspensions and exclusions in Queensland and about Indigenous overrepresentation. A lot of my work is around trying to understand what is it that we can stop doing? Um, to increase inclusion. But at at a certain point, I did get, I don't know, I I kind of accepted that, well, you have to, yeah, it's great to point that out, but I wasn't all that happy with the solutions either. (laughs) 
And so I started paying more attention to those. And so increasingly my work is moving into areas like accessible pedagogies, which is, you know, a way of teaching that it's kind of building on the, the idea of quality teaching, but it's, well, what does quality teaching have to be in order for it to be inclusive? When I, in, in 2017, when I was told that I was going to have to start teaching <laughs> and I got handed this master's unit after being research intensive most of my career, it, that forced me to to have a look and think, well, okay, this might have worked once for someone else, this unit, but it's not working for me. So what do I want it to be and how do I think we should do this? That's kind of why I suppose I've been invited to to do this because in the last five years or so, I've become a bit more uh, vocal about how I think we should do it and not just how we, I think we shouldn't. Yeah. And as you were talking there earlier, and you made reference to Kelly's great work in scanning and assessing in our region and identifying that, you know, what principles need and want is that knowledge and understanding to build confidence, mm. you know, uh, that confidence in leading inclusively and and, and inclusive education. Uh, and then as you were talking to and I heard as you spoke around you know, your experiences and, and the master's course, it actually positions you perfectly in the sense of you have experience in terms of working with school leaders and building their capability already and understand where they come from mm. in terms of the challenges that they face and, you know, being time poor but leading complex organisations and that moral imperative. So it's kind of all come together really nicely yeah it's um yeah it's funny that you mentioned that because actually that was one of the things I most enjoyed actually about that teaching because I did take a particular interest in the scholarship principles because it was a new scheme when I took over this particular unit and I also got to know quite a few of them fairly well and I would get phone calls from from principals who would need an extension on their assessment because they just had a student suicide in their school. You know, so I did get a a much closer understanding than I'd had previously about some of the challenges that principals face. And and <laughs> and there were two in particular in one year who would come in and at first one was a, a high school principal and the other was a primary school principal and would both sit there with very stern looks on their faces and and I felt under pressure. <laughs> like, you know, they, they they really did look like doubting Thomases and but I was determined to win them over. <laughs> and I think I eventually did. Both of them were excellent students and did extremely well, but I loved their criticality. I loved the way that they, you know, they were not people who would just swallow stuff and uncritically or anything else. And they asked great questions. They clearly thought hard about 
what inclusive education was, but also, I guess, there was, you know, a certain level of, well, how do we do this, given all of the other constraints that we have? And, you know, and so I'm very aware of that. Yeah, so we had some great conversations, which I really enjoyed. And, you know, I've moved away from teaching again, but I, I really did enjoy it because of that. Yeah. So you mentioned before the workshops and the modules. Can you just explain to us a little bit more around what you and Teresa and Haley will be doing with system and school leaders across central Queensland? Well, and I say that I've moved away from teaching, but I kind of haven't. I've moved into teaching as research. <laughs> I was just going to point that out, but okay. <laughs> so, I mean, the great thing is that what I've learned, I mean, so it was wonderful to have the, the principals in the master's unit. And what we'll be doing in this project is not exactly the same as that, although there are you know, parts of the learning that we will be going through in this unit are very similar, you know, like all the fun fundamental concepts are there. And so we're going to be taking principles through uh, an online program. As I mentioned before, it's going to start off with some face-to-face -face stuff, which is going to be fun because I don't like learning that's not fun. <laughs> so, but I don't like things that are naff. So we're trying to go through all of the activities at the moment to make sure that there's nothing naff in there. But we want to do some stuff to get principals to, I guess, enjoy what the day has to offer. We want them to, to know that they can trust us and that everything that they say or do in that program of learning is anonymous and this is purely being done so that we can help them and help this region be the best at inclusive education ever. But what we'll be doing specifically in the online components of the program, there'll be four weeks of the first one, we will be going through those fundamental concepts in, in depth and explaining them in ways that make practical sense. We'll also be going through the legislation and about the standards, I guess ensuring that principals know exactly what their obligations are. And, you know, listeners might say, oh, we know about that. Actually, mm, I'm not sure you do. <laughs> so, you know, when I was quite shocked, actually, in my master's unit, how many of our students who were either principals or teachers did not know about the disability standards for education? And more importantly, in order to, to achieve what those standards lay out as a responsibility, there are certain things that educators have to be able to do. They have to know and be able to do. And there are quite a number of misconceptions out there that we want to iron out because those things get in the way between knowing and doing. So that's really what we're going to be trying to do in the first four weeks. In the second four weeks, we're going to kind of do a little bit of focus on some key areas that the region might like to focus on into the future. 
And for principals to begin thinking about these areas, so for example, the teaching of reading, about managing behaviour, and about pedagogy, inclusive practice. And we're going to try and relate all of that to leadership. The, the other thing we want to do is try to help principals to think about how it is that they can make these things happen when they're only one person. It's a really complicated job. So we're going to provide them with some, I guess, some mental frameworks for how to think about identifying and implementing programs and systems that might help them. So, Linda, what's the program of learning based on? So it's a bit of an amalgamation of different things. So we have at QUT, we've got a, a range of different units and modules in inclusive education as well as the book and they're all informed by I guess this central spine of people talk about theory at like capital T theory so I'd like to distinguish between capital T and lowercase theory um, because you know in education people say oh there's too much theory and and I'm thinking yeah but theory of what kind right? Because capital T theory is like Foucault or something like that, where you've got some dead French philosopher. Then there's lowercase theory, which to me is more of a understanding of how things work. Understanding child and adolescent development, for example, is what I'd call lowercase theory. It's something that we absolutely need to know, right? What we will be doing is going into some lowercase theory, but it's essentially the fundamental thinking that we all need to be clear on. So, for example, understanding how to look at things and why we why we need to look at things in this way as opposed to another way. So ableism is an example of understanding something that once you know about it you kind of go oh it, it makes you think differently about what you say and do and the actions that you you know or the decisions that you might make so there will be a bit of theory in the beginning like that it's getting people to understand about social model of disability and why that's important about inclusive language and why that is important and you know so there's that level then there's also about the legislation a lot of that comes from what we've already taught so the amalgamation part is that in our work with the executive leadership team we have gotten to understand more of what is happening in your region and some of the challenges that central Queensland faces in that you know you have a lot of sort of early career teachers and early career principals real problems with availability of staff I mean that's not all bad in that you know you have I guess a lot of enthusiastic and sort of recency of learning and practice people. 
the other thing that I would say is that early career teachers, we've we've done a study comparing the quality of teaching of early career teachers versus um, experienced teachers and found no significant difference. <laughs> so it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it certainly can be an anxiety producing thing where you kind of feel like there's all this stuff that you don't know. So we do understand those sorts of contexts, but we also understand about some of the unique challenges in terms of your student population. And we're particularly interested in that concept of triple vulnerability and about the confluence of factors that come together to uh, make some children more, more vulnerable you know, that uh, affects their learning more so than others. And, well, what do you do about that? So we will be, the second module will be really tapping into that more. And then, obviously, we want to try and give leaders something back just in the space of leadership. So we're at the moment doing a review of research literature in the area of leading for inclusion which is proving interesting. <laughs> I can imagine. Well, it's not particularly good. So, uh, so I, I was actually going to say, is there is there a lot of research in that area? I would have hazarded a guess to say no. No, not really. And and what I have seen is not good quality either. So, I think one of the other benefits of this project, and this is something that you know participants can themselves contribute to is that we can actually do something in this space that is high quality and that I think is going to help put central Queensland you know kind of on the map in terms of you know this is big initiative I mean there's a the only paper that I've kind of found recently to compare with what we're doing is from Ohio. So that one's about a um, professional development program for principals in inclusive leadership. So just this morning, I was adapting the scales that they used in their survey and thinking, hmm, you know, I think we could do better than this. Wow. <laughs> So it's kind of leading work, really, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, I mean, one of the things that I've noticed is that there's a lot of groundswell happening in various places. Just in the last couple of weeks, I have been contacted by a group of teachers and school leaders in South Australia who have been using the book, like a professional development book club, and they want me to speak with them you know so they've basically come together of their own volition and they want to to progress this work and obviously that book is speaking to them in some way and then just on Friday I was contacted by another group this time from New South Wales there is there's definitely this groundswell of good educators who want to do this themselves and I think C Central Queensland is leading the charge in that. 
Well, I think if you just take the time to pick up the book and start to engage with it, Linda, it really starts to connect dots for educators. And my response was every school principal needs to read this book and hence the book club. Well, I now have two of them, uh, two book clubs in action uh, for different areas that I look after. So, you know, I'm not surprised that those other jurisdictions are engaging with you as well. Well, it certainly puts the pressure on to the second edition, I can tell you. Oh, I was going to say that before when you mentioned the second edition. It's like no pressure. How can you improve on what you've already done? Oh, look, I will because, you know, even even as soon as I submitted the manuscript for the first one, I was like, damn, I could have done that better. Well, we didn't do this. And so now I'm like, let me at it because there's all this stuff that I, I still want to say and that, you know, I think we can – provide more advice and guidance on so yeah I'm really looking forward to it yeah and I have to say too I think it resonates particularly for us because of your Queensland references you know the Queensland context and it's so contemporary like it's right now it is you know know, the amazing thing is that you know when I first put the book together because publishers are always you know they're always keen for a book to be as international as possible so that you know more people buy it right and so I knew that and I originally chose to publish with Alan and Unwin because they weren't going to let me do what I wanted to do and then Alan and Unwin sold it to Routledge but I wrote the book for a specific reason. I never anticipated that it was going to take off in the way that it did. I mean, it's been sold in Angus and Robertson, for goodness sake. But how's this? It's being translated into Greek, and there's, I believe there's been an application for it to be translated into Arabic. Wow. <laughs> I wonder how the Queensland or the Australianisms are going to go across. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, that's yeah. Fun. Congratulations. Thank you. So, Linda, back to our um, action research project. First of all, the point being that it's not just for school principals, it's also for system leaders. Our regional people are involved in this as well. So how can uh, school leaders and, and regional leaders participate in the project? Okay, so there's kind of three choices that they can make. They can either choose not to have anything to do with this at all, which would make me very sad, (laughs) or they can choose to participate fully, which entails doing the pre and post survey, coming to the one day workshops and participating in the online learning module. And those, because we have experience in teaching principals, they can choose how they participate in that as well. So we will have an online webinar probably every week or two weeks, but those will be recorded and they can, you know, log in when they've got time, you know, on a Saturday morning coffee or whatever. Oh, we love that. (laughs) And um, so there's that. Or the third option, if they don't have the capacity at this point in time um, to participate in the full program of learning, then they could do the um, pre and post survey. And that would be fantastic. So we, we really, really want people to at least do that because what it'll do is give us a control group. 
So what we want to achieve at the end of this is we want evidence to show that this works and that, you know, because then we can convince other principals to do it. We can publish on it and say, look at Central Queensland and how amazing we are. Don't you wish you could have, you know, this learning for yourselves? <laughs> no. But, yeah, there's there's all sorts of potential if we have that control group. Then, then the other option as well is if we, if we do have that evidence, then it could potentially be that Central Queensland decides that either they're going to offer it again or potentially other regions in Queensland could also buy in. And basically, we really want system and school leaders in Central Queensland to jump in and do either of those two things. Yeah. So let's say they've got two options rather than the <laughs> third. <laughs> so we yeah. don't want them to do nothing. We want them at the very least if they could be a part of the control group, yes. if they can't participate in the full program of learning, to be a part of the control group and yes. to do just the pre and post survey. And That's right. we high five them for doing that for us. Yes. And no one will know who they are, but, you know, we'll just high five them anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Linda, what would participants, our regional and school leaders, expect to get out of the project? What What's in it for them? On a bigger scale, I think that they will benefit from being able to talk about inclusive education with confidence. I think they will know exactly what it is and what it isn't. I think that they will feel more confidence in and, and less trepidation about it in terms of, uh, I'm not sure if I can ask my teachers to do this or uh, I don't know whether this is actually in the best interest of students. That And there's a lot of, there's a lot of furfies out there actually about inclusive education or inclusion. And so what we really want to try and do is to clear those cobwebs away and give them from the horse's mouth, this is what it is, this is what it isn't, this is kind of how you do it. But most importantly, that they understand what sort of things they can do to be able to lead others in that process. We're hopeful that at the end of the day that they can kind of form some cheer squads among themselves because being a principal is a lonely job or can be a lonely job to be able to support each other in doing things and making reforms that aren't always entirely popular. Change is never welcomed with open arms, but it's about helping them to see the positives and being able to translate those positives into outcomes. The other thing that they will get out of it is, oh, well, you know, spending time with us. <laughs> of course. Um, which we, I mean, we do try and make this fun. So they are going to... They're going to get basically eight weeks plus these workshops with the leading experts in this area. So that's something that nobody else is getting. So that's not a bad thing. 
if I say so myself. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think educators, just like me, love learning. And so they're actually learning something that's going to be of benefit to them uh, and their students. So, yeah. And I would believe no cost as well, now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. It, well, I mean... No cost to schools anyway. Well, exactly. Yeah, this is normally the type of learning that they're getting would normally be equivalent to a master's unit, which I think is, you know, something like $3,000 per person or something like that. Don't quote me. And it's quite intensive too in that um, um, from us that uh, there's an enormous amount of work that we have put into developing the, the content all of the content will be housed on Blackboard. Principals will be getting their own unique access into that and we will be going through it with them. There'll be readings that are a variety of readings. Some of them will be very, very quick. Uh, some of them will be a bit more involved. And they're going to be learning about things that, um, that I don't think that they've come across before necessarily. So, yeah. It'll be new, I hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm. I'm said at the start. I'm really excited. And um, are you going to be joining us? Absolutely. And I'm just getting ready for term two, and I'm thinking I need to go and schedule some time into my calendar to make <laughs> this happen. So, uh, thank you for, you know, explaining it and for really setting the scene for us. It's going to be awesome, Linda. Oh, well, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, was there anything else that you wanted to share about the project before we wrap it up? We're, we are incredibly excited because it's hard not to get excited when, you know, you talk to Kelly. But it, I'm incredibly excited that a region, like a whole region, has decided we're going to, you know, put our money where our mouth is and we're going to go for it. And... That, to me, is really exciting. So, I, I mean, I want this to be a success because, you know, one of the challenges that we have um, as academics is that, you know, like I, I was a, an expert witness in the Royal Commission on Disability and, you know, one of the questions that you constantly get is, you know, well, so tell us where this is working. And it frustrates me no end that we kind of have to say, well, um, we know some places where it's working, and but we could not hand on heart say that there was any sort of particular region where it was working. That's what I'm hoping Central Queensland can be, that if we can get all our ducks in a row and everyone on the same page got a shared vision and we're working towards it and we all know what we're doing, then we can finally see that. And then in the future, when they say to us, show us where it's working, I'll say, hey, up there. <laughs> and we look forward to working with you, Linda, to make it happen. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you've heard any past episodes of our podcast, but what we do is wrap it up with the fast five questions that really aren't so fast. So are you ready to play? Yes. Right. Okay. So, Linda, when and where was your first teaching appointment? Well, 
this is a long answer <laughs> because I never became a teacher. I mean, until I was a university teacher, but no, I did not become a teacher. I was meant to become an English and history teacher. And then I, I had an existential crisis in my final year and thought to myself, hmm, I wanted to be Dead Poets Society, Mr Keating. What I was learning at university really put me off. I wanted to be that kind of teacher and what I was kind of being told was that I would not have the freedom to be. So I, you know, kind of thought about it and thought, well, I was absolutely in love with education. Like That was not in doubt. I was fascinated by it. Um, turned out in the end of my degree, I was much more interested in education than I was in either English literature or history. I decided that I was going to keep studying education. And so I did my master's and then I did a PhD. And, and then my husband said, at some point, are you going to get a job? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, eventually, um, when I finished my PhD, I became a, a I went in and got a job as a postdoctoral fellow and and just went into research and but yeah my fascination has always been about education and and what makes it work what doesn't make it work what are the politics of it what you know and particularly what happens for certain students yeah wow. Wow. <laughs> thanks so Linda when you think about your work what was the last thing that made you smile I mean, it's probably gifts. <laughs> um, I have a thing for, or apparently they're uh, pronounced gifs, but I don't think that's as good as gif. But um, yeah, it was probably someone sending me a inappropriate gif <laughs> because <laughs> we do that a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm really fortunate. I I love my job, and I get to work with really clever passionate people who also have like you know mad senses of humor as well so yeah I get to smile all the time so that's probably why I can't remember. So Linda what's your best book or film recommendation? Uh, I've got two because I, I can never decide between the two of them but um, Shawshank Redemption or Schindler's List which is <laughs> Wow. Very, I know, very depressing, um, but I love both of those films. I, I love movies. I used to love books, but I, I, I can't, since doing my undergrad, I can't read fiction anymore. I just, because yeah, I spend my whole time, you know, deconstructing it and can't read for enjoyment. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Linda, what's your favourite quote? I think it would be, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> I think so. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that many, actually. And, okay, now, Lindy, you've confessed that you now have only been to central Queensland once, and that was late last year. Yes. So this is going to be interesting. As far as things to see in CQ, what's our best-kept secret? Well... I didn't know until I got there that um, Rockhampton is the beef capital of Australia 
And if I'd known that, I would have been there years ago because steak is my favourite meal. <laughs> so <laughs> when I got to the airport and saw beef capital of Australia on the on the airport, I was just like, yes. So I reckon you guys should advertise that more. And, you know, like when Queensland does their beautiful one day perfect the next, I think you should say something about having beef. I mean, the other thing is that, I mean, granted, we've only been to Rocky. I, it's going to sound terrible, but it was not at all what I expected. <laughs> there were no tumbleweeds, so I was quite disappointed. <laughs> um, there were no horses or cowboys. The food was fantastic. Really lovely food. The, that cafe there, the two professors, um, yum. So it was a really lovely, lovely place. And and I think actually that that is kind of the secret that maybe all of us down here in the big smoke <laughs> um, labour under the same false impression. <laughs> yeah, and everyone listening out there right now just wants to take that snippet as a testimonial and put into the earbuds of every single, you know, graduating teacher so that they choose... <laughs> CQ as their destination because, you know, Absolutely. we need more teachers. So, yeah. And, Linda, I, I would love to be able to come back and ask you those same questions or particularly the last question after you've been around central Queensland and, and seen a bit more of our, our great region. So oh, uh, I can't wait. Enjoy um, that. I'm actually really excited about it. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to May um, and visiting all these places that I haven't been to before. Yeah, and everyone listening in I know are going to uh, go out of their way to make sure that you have great hospitality, you and Hayley and Teresa. So enjoy it when you uh, when you come up. Thank so, you. And thank you for your time today. It's just been fabulous listening uh, and, and talking with you. I've done a lot of head nodding as you've talked today. It just really resonated. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Prudy. If you have suggestions or recommendations for future episodes or you'd like to give us the gift of feedback, you can email us at cqcommunications at qed.qld.gov.au. If you have enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app. You'll find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Deezer. And if you know of an educational leader in central Queensland who may also enjoy listening to the conversation, please help us spread the word by telling them about the podcast or forwarding the email that comes each fortnight with the show notes. Thanks, Linda. You're welcome, Trudy, and I'll see you soon. Look forward to it. Okay, bye. for listening to Central Queensland Region's Reading and Learning Podcast. We trust this conversation has given you the information and inspiration to lead so that every student in our region succeeds.